This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, my friends, today's episode is going to be a little bit cringy for me, but I'm going to do it anyways. We're going to be going back to episode one of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, and it was called Four Habits for Better Practicing. And I'm going to look through those four habits, that advice that I gave all the way back in 2016, and show you what's changed and what's stayed the same as far as my advice goes with jazz practicing and improvement and all that good stuff. Whew, let's buckle up and let's do this. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the podcast, episode 397 of the podcast. And that's a lot of podcast episodes, but today... We're going back all the way to episode one of this podcast. That's right. It was called Four Habits for Better Practicing. The very first episode I ever did, I remember when a member of my team told me, hey, Brent, I think you should do a podcast. And I said, no, I don't really know if I should do a podcast. I mean, at the time, Learn Jazz Standards was really just a blog. That's all it really was. So it was all the written word kind of the free content we put out there. And uh, yeah, quite frankly, I just, I mean, I had listened to a few podcasts, but I didn't know a lot about it. And I, I kind of didn't really want my persona to be attached to the brand Learn Jazz Standards. Now, if you have been following me for any time within the last six, seven years or so, you know that that's the opposite of what's happened, right? So this was an interesting experience for me recording this first episode and the very strange thing that I think is the, the most cringy for me and embarrassing honestly to show again is that like for some reason like I lower my voice a little bit I don't know why subconsciously maybe I was thinking like this is what you sound like when you're on a podcast maybe I'd listened to too much NPR in the past or the radio and I just had this idea you know subconsciously anyways it's kind of embarrassing and when I listen back to it my wife and I I was showing my wife the episode the other day and she like was cringing. So that's how you know it's 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 kind of bad. However, my friends, this is by far the most downloaded episode of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. People are still downloading it every single month. And I think that's because some people like to go to the beginning and see what's going on there, right? So what would I change about episode one of the podcast? Has any of my advice around practicing changed? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to go through each one of those four habits that I mentioned and see, is it still the same 
or what would I change or would I change any of the four habits and the way I would teach this today versus then? All right, so let's hear what 2016 Brent said habit number one is for practicing. Number one, this is a very important one. Set goals and write them down. Set goals and write them down. Now, it's it's no secret. There's been lots of studies done about the success rate of those that Oh my God, I, I I literally have to stop that. I cannot listen to 2016 Brent talk for a long period of time. That, that's so embarrassing. Anyways, let's let's go to what this is really about though. So I said that habit number one for better practicing was set goals and write them down. Set goals and write them down. Okay, so here's the deal. I still think that is a really good habit for practicing, right? Like having goals for your practicing, Writing them down, yes, absolutely, that can be helpful. I think I was about to talk about how there are studies done with that will talk about how that is a beneficial practice to do, is actually write down what your goals are. However, I think that the way I teach this now is just a little bit different. Still, 100% goals are really important, but there's a few things I've learned over the years. Like, A, first of all, Goals is something that's over-talked about, right? It's over-emphasized. And so people kind of start tuning out. And as a teacher, I'm always trying to improve my, my teaching skills, right? So when you start talking about goals, it's kind of easy to start losing people with that when you, oh, goals, right? Yeah, we should all set goals. Great. Um, also, I think it's a little too broad, like just to say, have goals, like absolutely have goals. Like, that advice just will not go away ever for anything you want to do in life, especially jazz, especially music. But what I would say now, habit number one should be is have projects, identify projects that have a start and end date to them. So instead of just referring to them as goals, I think projects is the best way to go about teaching this or a habit that I would want you to do is constantly be setting up projects for yourself. So I'll give you an ex- a few examples here. So for example, let's just say in your practicing, you've noticed that you're not very good at playing the chord changes to jazz standards, right? Like you have some good ideas, you know a lot about theory, but when you listen back to your solos, you don't really hear the chord changes very well. Okay, so you have to figure out a solution to that problem. And obviously there's a bunch of random stuff that you could do to start solving that problem. But maybe you've identified that one of them is hey, I really want to learn how to improvise better over top of how high the moon. Okay, great. I'm going to learn one chorus of insert jazz musician here by ear so I can hear how they navigated those chords. And that way I can study it, right? I can study what they did and see what I can find out about playing chord changes better in my solos. So that's a project, right? And it has a clear start and end. Like you're done the project after you've learned one chorus of that solo, right? And projects, by the way, they're not just doing work for the sake of working or practicing for the sake of practicing. Projects, a good project should have something in it that excites you about it, right? Like, ooh, I'm excited to be able to play like Paul Desmond, right? Or I'm excited to figure out some cool voicings from Wynton Kelly, right? 
that kind of excitement, like, cool, what are we going to learn about this? Or, ooh, I understand why I'm doing this project. Like projects have to have a reason why you're doing it. Like I want to play better over jazz standards. I want to hear the chord changes come out more in jazz standards. I'm working on how high the moon. Great. So we got an application over this project, right? So a good project, again, is going to be something that is attainable, kind of like what I talk about goals in episode one, but it's also going to be something that like has an end to it where you can start another project after that, right? And good projects, by the way, build off of each other, right? So again, let's just say this is something we do in our Inner Circle membership every single month. We learn a new jazz standard. So let's just say the goal is to learn one jazz standard over the next 30 days. That's a project, and that's a clear start and end day because we could practice a new jazz standard for forever, right? Uh, There's no mastering a jazz standard. So having a start and end date that you're going to really focus on a jazz standard so that you can then move on to another one and discover more lessons and things that you want to learn how to play. That's a good thing to do. But within that project of learning a new jazz standard in a month, within that are other projects, right? And that, again, depends on what you're trying to get after. Um, I need to learn more jazz language. Great. So I'm going to learn one chorus of a solo over top of this jazz standard. Uh, Okay, I need to learn the melody, right? That's a project. So maybe week one, the project is learn the melody. Maybe week two, the project is learn the chords. Maybe week three, the project is learn part of the jazz solo, right? Maybe week four is practice improvising over top of the jazz standard. So I love projects because, again, projects are actually using psychology to your benefit. When you accomplish a project, a a doable project, like let's learn the melody, the reward centers of your brain start going off because you're feeling accomplished, which kind of, it's kind of like gasoline in the engine. It makes you feel more motivated and inspired to move on to the next project. And then when you finish a bigger project, like I worked on one jazz standard, learn a new jazz standard in a month, really you feel great about that and then you're ready to go on to the next one right so you you have these projects that you keep coming up with and to me that creates long-term motivation to continue practicing and really we know that long-term consistency in practicing is what really leads to you becoming a great musician right that's just the way it is there's no getting around that and so that's really the way I like to teach it now, more than just simply talking about setting goals. Now, writing them down is a great thing too, but ultimately just matters to me that you are creating these projects. All right. So that's practicing habit number one. Instead of goals and writing them down, it's set up projects for yourself. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to practicing habit number two. let's hear what 2016 Brent had to say about this. Now, number two uh, is, is also a really important one. And that is remove distractions. So when you're going into your practice session, uh, has this ever happened? I know this has happened to me. You know, you go into practice and you're, you start practicing and, you know, and all of a sudden you find yourself actually on your laptop and you're checking Facebook or all right. All right. Okay. 2016 Brent. That's, that's uh, well, let's, let's, how do we do that voice? Oh, uh, so, uh, you, you got to remove distractions from your play. I can't even, I can't even do that anymore. Anyways, let's move on. Okay. So what 2016 Brent was saying there is kind of one that I think is sort of basic advice and it's not bad advice. It's good advice. Like, Hey, 
when we're practicing, a lot of us have precious practice time, right? Like not uh, unlimited sums of practice time, correct? So we want to be careful about actually practicing while we're doing that. So if you got Facebook open, if you've got um, your phone ringing off the line, if you've got, you know, kids running in and out of your, out of the room, right? I mean, you're not going to be very focused, right? And so if you're not able to focus, then are you making good improvement? Are you spending your time wisely? You know, all of that conventional advice and that I don't actually think I need to go in depth onto what that advice is. Okay. Again, it's great advice. It's very classic advice. Like when you're practicing, remove distractions. Great. You should do that. So there are a few things that I would actually say instead of this particular tip these days. And the first one is be very clear before going into practicing what you're actually going to practice. Right. So many, 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 many times we go into practicing just like, oh, hey, it's time to play my instrument, right? Or I have time to play my instrument or I want to play my instrument. So you pick it up and you just kind of start playing and doing stuff. And then you kind of decide sort of like five minutes in or at some random point, like, oh, yeah, like I want to get better at this, right? And then you, so you start focusing on something like that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that from time to time, but it's just good to be aware that that's not really the best way to be efficient about practicing. Like the best way to be efficient about practicing and staying focused at the same time is to actually know what you're going to practice before you get started. So some people do recommend writing down before you pick up your instrument what you are actually going to practice, right? And this comes with asking yourself questions like we talked about in the first habit, like what am I not good at? What do I need to work on? Um, and then we'll go, there, there's some, I don't want to give a, give anything away. There's some things I want to talk about with that in the next, um, few habits here. So I'll leave it there, but absolutely you should have some sort of plan, even if it's just one small part of your plan, hopefully associated with the project that you're working on to execute during that practice session. And automatically, I think just by doing that, knowing what you want to accomplish within the practice session, it's going to help you stay more focused rather than just like, oh, you know, is Facebook up or not? Like, absolutely get rid of those things. Good advice. But it's going to help immediately if you just know what you're practicing before you get started. The second thing I, I would say to this and something that I talk about a lot here on the podcast and certainly a lot to my inner circle members about is realize that you don't need to practice a lot to make improvement. Okay. Cause one problem with people getting distracted or losing focus is actually that they're practicing too much, right? They're practicing too long. They practice beyond the point that they are able to maintain focus, right? So we don't want to do this. We want to create a, a situation and environment where we are focused for as long as we can be. And for some of us, that's different, right? Some of us, it's only 30 minutes. Others of us, it's one hour we have to be able to stay focused. So what is it for you? And then sometimes you're able to stay focused for longer because you're really entrenched in a project you're doing. Like you're getting really into learning this solo by ear or you're getting really into working on your 251 core progressions. You're able to stay focused longer. But as soon as you notice it kind of starting to taper off and not go so well, well, you could end the practice session right there. So I always tell my, my inner circle members, like, you don't need to practice for more than what you already have time to practice, right? 
So you have to make more time to practice. You don't have to try to force yourself to practice longer or more, right? Sometimes it's just better and more efficient and gives your brain the right amount of new material or things to think about by just limiting it to as long as your brain can actually stay focused. It's very natural to lose focus, right? So yeah, sure. Let's get the externals out of the way. Like let's get the phone out of the way if that's a problem for you. But instead, let's just focus on practicing for only as long as we have focus for And then let's make sure that we have a plan going into our practice sessions before we even start them. So that's how I would change habit number two that I think is a little bit more, um, again, I don't want to put my 2016 Brent down too much. Like that was good advice and all. It's just that I think this is more direct advice that actually helps with the problems you're really, truly having. I know that because I've been doing this for a long time now, the podcast, our YouTube channel, and of course, our courses and our and our membership. So I kind of know the real problems that end up happening for you guys in the practice room. Okay, so let's go on to hear what 2016 Brent's habit number three is for better practicing. Take it away, 2016 Brent. Habit number three. Uh, is one that we're all guilty of from time to time. So, you know, sometimes more often than less, unfortunately. Um, and this is practice what is ailing you, not what you're already good at. Practice what is ailing you, not what you're already good at, right? It's so easy. It's so comfortable to practice things that you already know you're good at. You know, you practice this one tune that you know, oh, I can really, you know, tear lines over this thing. Okay, so 2016 Brent is going to continue talking about how, you know, you're just practicing the things that you're already good at and you're not really focusing on the things that you're not good at because it's a lot more comfortable, right? Obviously, to practice the things that you're already good at. It feels good. And when you're kind of meeting resistance, right? In general, a lot of us, not just in music, but in other parts of our life as well, we would prefer to avoid that, right? It's just easier. It's easier not to, to, to deal with it, right? And so we'll, we'll prefer to spend more time working on the things that we're already good at. Okay. So this is good. I mean, again, nothing wrong with this advice. It is good advice, but I do think that it's missing a few things. So number one, I think that it is actually good to spend some time working on things that you are good at, right? It is it is a good thing to do that. Why? Because music is about having fun, right? And if we ever lose that sense of fun, we have a problem. So if you're always working on things that are frustrating to you, then you could easily lose motivation. And by the way, I'm not necessarily suggesting that just because something is challenging or you're not good at it, that it can't be fun. It could very much so be fun if you have the right mindset about it. It can be fun to learn, right? It can be fun to grow. It can be fun to, you know, work towards making a breakthrough. That's what the projects is all about, right? So it can be fun to struggle, if you will, through music, right? But at the same time, it is, it's a great thing to like sit back and be like, wow, look how great I sound, right? So I do think there is a place for spending time doing that. If, if you're practicing only ever looked like the very rigid um, way I presented it in the podcast, I'm not, I don't even think that I truly meant it to be in a rigid way, but if you only ever practice the things that you weren't good at, um, you probably would burn out eventually, right? So yes, spend a little bit of time practicing the things that you aren't good at. The main way I would actually adjust this habit, habit number three though, 
is you actually do want to spend time doing both things. And no, this isn't the same advice that I just gave. It's a little bit different. So let me explain. So the first thing that I like to ask myself and I tell my students to to ask themselves is when they listen back to a recording of their playing, number one, ask themselves, what do I really like about what I just played? And no, this isn't just so that you can be positive and have great mental health and all that stuff. Like, sure, yeah, that's definitely part of the package. But more than anything, I'm concerned with what are the things that I'm already good at that I want to double down on, right? So if you listen back and you hear yourself playing a really great line over top of a two, five, one chord progression, or you like the way you comped something, or you liked a certain way you played a bass line, full stop. What just happened there? What do I like about it? Or maybe it's something more nuanced. Like I just like the way that I like develop melodies or the way I go up higher and register at that point. So what you want to do at that point is really stop yourself and go like, whoa, 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 what was that? Because that's actually where the real gold is. The real gold is in the sort of emerging things that are actually really good about your playing naturally and organically that all you need to do is like water that plant more and it's going to grow and bloom and blossom and develop into something even bigger and better, right? So actually spend time working on the things that you are good at, but more so the things that you like about your playing. So again, it's kind of like you're at a poker table, right? And you're basically going like, I'm all in on this thing that I just did, right? I want to really figure this out and I want to develop this more than anything else because that really is the stuff that's going to more naturally come out organically in your solos. Like, yeah, we talk about learning licks and solos from great jazz musicians. So we talk about learning standards and we talk about learning jazz language, all that stuff. That's from other people, right? That's not from you. You're hoping to grab some of what they're doing and get it to come into who you are, but you're hoping more so than that to grab what they're doing and figure out a way to make that organic to you. So when you find something that you really like about your playing, even if it's just a hint of something that you like about your playing, really double down on it and spend time practicing that element. I even have done before, and this might sound conceited, it's not transcribed my own solos, not transcribed, but learned them by ear, right? I've listened to something I did and I learned a lick from what I just did, right? And I would recommend you do that too. Actually learn parts of your solos or things that you've done in the past, okay? So the next thing, obviously, the second question I ask people to ask is what are you not good at, right? Which is kind of what we're talking about with 2016 Brent's um, original advice here, which is like, what are the things that aren't going well? Is my time not very good? Am I not able to stay with like a metronome? Am I losing my spot all the time? Uh, am I not playing the chord changes in my solos? Um, is my phrasing not good? Uh, do I not, not know enough jazz language? Like identify what those things are, right? And then create projects around them to help you solve them, right? That's really what I would say is, is, um, better advice or more full and complete advice than just practice what's ailing you. Right. So just to kind of sum up everything I said is like, yeah, you should spend time like having fun practicing. And that's usually the things that you're good at and you feel comfortable with already. That's fine. 
But then the other side of the coin is you should be practicing the things that you like about your playing. You want to double down on them, get better at them. And you should be, yes, practicing the things that are ailing you, right? That I, that's the way I said it, I think. Practice the things that you're not good at, because obviously if you're not attacking any of those at all, then you're going to keep, you know, there's going to always be that thing that just doesn't sound professional or it sounds kind of amateur about your playing. And so you need to iron those out, right? So that was habit number three. Um, all right, let's go to the last habit. Let's hear what 2016 Brent had to say. And funny thing is I realized for the first time that I accidentally, when I was recording this episode, I said habit number three a second time. I didn't say habit number four. So even though I say habit number three, this is habit number four of uh, practicing. So here we go. The third habit is be consistent. Be consistent with your practicing. Um, this is this is obviously something that everybody struggles with, um, if not because of sometimes there's a lack of motivation, but because of our lives are so busy. Okay, so be consistent. I think that is advice that I would 100% keep the same, actually. So being consistent, it really does sound like very old advice, right? Especially when it comes to music, right? Consistency, right? Consistency over quantity, right? Because a lot of times, again, when we, we're talking about music and especially jazz, there's like this idea behind it that we have to practice so much in order to attain any level of success at it. And quite frankly, I just don't think that's actually true, right? It's far better to remain consistent, right? With your playing. And again, I go back to some of my earlier advice that I talked about when I talked about that you don't need to practice for any more time than you already currently have available to you now. That's a real like challenge for you, right? A challenge for you to consider like what amount of time do I actually have to practice and how can I actually create practicing that will get me true results, right? That will actually feel like I'm improving over time, right? That's really the secret sauce right there. The secret sauce is time and pressure. So there's this, um, there's this scene in, you know, the movie Shawshank Redemption, there's this scene in Shawshank where Morgan Freeman is narrating, um, you know, the scene where it's revealed that Andy Dufresne has made a jailbreak. And the way he did that is, and I'm sorry, spoiler alert here if you haven't seen the movie, but I mean, come on, if you haven't seen Shawshank by now, we have some problems, some other problems we have to deal with. So behind his poster, he had been hacking away over the years with, I can't remember if it was a tiny rock or his chess pieces. I forgot what he was, but he was hacking away at that wall and eventually broke through the wall so that he could actually escape, right? His cell. And he was covering it up with the poster. Brilliant. And then Morgan Freeman's doing this really beautiful, poetic um, narration, you know, and he did this and that. I can't even do my Morgan Freeman voice. Um, but he said something in there. He said, it's time and pressure. It was just time and pressure, right? The time was the years that it actually took him to actually get to the other side of that wall. The pressure was the pressure of actually hacking away at that wall. 
And that sounds a little bit more painful than I think music has to be. I think music can be thought more of as a journey. Like, this is fun. Like, every step of the way, there is something enjoyable about it. And that's the, at least the way we want to try to set up our, our idea of learning and improving at music is thinking about it that way. And again, going back to projects, that really helps. It can be exciting to learn a new jazz standard every month. It can be exciting to learn a new solo. It can be exciting to like level up your skills, right? That frame of mind is, is, is healthier, but ultimately it is time. It really is. So you can absolutely improve your jazz playing. You can get to a high level of playing jazz while practicing less. And when I say that, I mean, practicing less than the conventional thought process that you probably already have. It's going to take, it's just going to take time and that's okay. So the main thing that you just want to be focused on is that factor of consistency, right? Consistency in your practicing. So that could look differently for different people. That could look like I only have an hour to practice every single week. All right. But consistently, I am going to practice one hour a week. Now, consistency obviously is best when there's some kind of repetition involved, right? So for example, you've heard the idea of I'd rather you practiced for, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes a day rather than like five hours in one day. That's great advice. Absolutely, that is great advice. So the frequency of which you're able to practice is definitely beneficial, right? Daily is a great thing to go for, but it's not really attainable for most people. So if it's only three days a week where you're practicing for 30 minutes or an hour, right, then that's what you have, right? It doesn't mean that you can't progress and make leaps and bounds in your jazz playing, right? I've seen that happen in our inner circle membership all the time. We have people that don't have a huge time budget for practicing, but, you know, 30 days later, they're better than they were when they first started or three months later, or certainly one year later, it's pretty magical, right? That consistency, that showing up for it is the timeless advice that just will not die when it comes to practicing and actually improving as a jazz musician. Time and pressure. Time and pressure is the key to success as a musician, as a jazz player for certain, right? So I don't think I would change a lot about that piece of advice that I would give, except for that I think I probably said it better just now than I did in 2016. But then, you know, again, I've been doing this for a while. So I thought a little bit more about this. So habit number four definitely sticks. Consistency. Be consistent with your practicing. right that's all for today's show thank you so much for listening do appreciate it hope that you learned something today had a lot of fun going back to episode one and uh you know picking it apart a little bit it's kind of fun (laughs) so by the way if you do want some help with your jazz practicing you do want help learning how to make more improvement make more leaps and bounds in your playing while practicing less then definitely check out our inner circle membership you can go to ljsinnercircle.com or if you're on the website, there's a link in the show notes or if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can find a link to that in the description and uh, would love to have you check it out, see if it's a good fit for you. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd love to help you with your playing. So check that out, ljsinnercircle.com. 
We're going to be coming out with another great episode of the podcast next week. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.